This is Maine Coast Doc Talk, a podcast bringing you the latest news and stories from Maine's working waterfronts. This podcast is brought to you by the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. I'm your host, Ben Martens. In this episode of Maine Coast Doc Talk, I was joined by Megan Ware, the Director of External Affairs at the Maine Department of Marine Resources, in our office for a conversation about the Menhaden fishery. Before we get into that interview, though, I did want to acknowledge the elephant on the dock when it comes to Maine's fisheries. When we record this interview, it was before the news came out about the red listing of lobster by Seafood Watch and the loss of the lawsuit filed by the Maine Lobstermen's Association. I jokingly said to Megan that Manhattan is the hottest topic on the docks right now, and it was when we had this interview. Now it's impossible to have any conversation without talking about what's going to happen to Maine's lobster fishery in light of the ruling by the judge in the case the MLA filed. You can listen to our two previous podcasts with the uh, executive director of the Maine Lobstermen's Association, Patrice McCarran, to get a better understanding of what was happening with that lawsuit, uh, why it was so important. We will be doing a follow-up podcast soon to dig into the lobster crisis on our coast and how that will be impacting both the businesses and the people that we so care about here at the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association. So I did want to acknowledge that before we got into the interview about Manhattan. Manhattan is obviously an important part of the ecosystem and our lobster fishery when it comes to bait. So despite the fact that this is not about whales, this is still an important topic for fishermen and those of us who care about our coastal communities and the ocean ecosystem. Now, on to the interview. Welcome to Maine Coast Doc Talk. I'm here with Megan, and Megan works for the Department of Marine Resources, and she is going to be talking to us today about Manhattan and the Manhattan fishery and all the things that are going around with Manhattan right now. But before we start talking about Manhattan and pogies and bunker and whatever you want to call it, who are you and what do you do for the Department of Marine Resources? Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me. I am the Director of External Affairs for Maine DMR. And that means that I work on any interjurisdictional species. So things like menhaden, lobster, striped bass, anything that's managed by the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission, which I'm sure we'll talk about, or the New England Council. Let's just talk about jurisdictions before we go any further, right? And so let's draw some lines in the ocean so that people know what the jurisdictions are. So anything that can move in and out of Maine, state or federal waters. So lobster can be caught in Maine, Massachusetts, all the way down to Virginia. So that makes it an inner jurisdictional fishery. Things like Menhaden, we'll talk about, go all the way down to Florida. So also an inner jurisdictional fishery. But then we also talk about things like federal fisheries, ground fish, state and federal waters. So those are the different jurisdictions we talk about. And we have to manage them between jurisdictions because the fish will move in between those areas and we have to have regulations that mesh up when we're talking about you know a fisherman that has multiple permits on his boats and might have to deal with the Atlantic states the state of Maine and the New England Fishery Management Council where something like herring right like it's it's yep. all those different places so that's where you live and work and play yeah that's where i live and work and i think you're speaking exactly to kind of the mission of some of these management bodies which is if we manage holistically across different states that's a much more successful management approach than each state having its own regulations let's talk about manhattan then all right so 
what is a menhaden? Yep. And why do we care about it? It's been referred to as the most important fish in the sea by at least one author. So why is it so important? And <laughs> yeah, why no are we pressure. talking? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it sounds like a big deal. Yeah, so menhaden, they're a pelagic schooling fish. They're typically found in nearshore waters. And in Maine, it's actually a state waters fishery. Their range is really expansive. So they can be found up in Nova Scotia, but also down in Florida. And that actually means from management, there are a lot of different parties involved. They're filter feeders, and they play a really important role in the ecosystem. And they basically link primary production with higher trophic level species. So things like striped bass, bluefish, weakfish, they all consume menhaden, and that's why they're often referred to as a forage fish. What do you mean menhaden or filter feeders? They're eating things like phytoplankton, so they're filtering the water and they're taking out all these little microscopic organisms, and that's actually what they eat, and then bigger fish come along and eat them. We have menhaden in Maine yes. now. Yep. Uh, why is this such an important fishery for the state of Maine? Yeah, so... Over time, we've seen kind of ebbs and flows in the abundance of menhaden in Maine. So we've had some years where we've had lots of menhaden, and then we've had some years where we've had little to no menhaden. And in those years of really high abundance, the menhaden have supported commercial fisheries. They're often used as bait in the lobster fishery. And I think that importance has become even more critical with the collapse of the herring stock. So herring was a primary bait for many fishermen in Maine. Um, that stock collapsed in 2018, and menhaden has kind of rose as a replacement for a lot of folks in terms of their bait, particularly because we've had high abundance and it's quite local. But menhaden was always a part of the bait complex, right? So like it was being caught in Jersey and other places being trucked here. So how, exactly. how, did, that, how did that kind of work? Before we had menhaden in our waters, it was, mm -hmm. it was still making its way up here, though? It was, yeah. It was a portion of kind of a, a bait portfolio, you could say. And you're right, it was caught in other states and trucked up here. And some of that still happens today. Certainly, we caught more herring than we're currently catching menhaden. So there's a bit of a difference there that still needs to be made up. But today, we're landing 20 to 25 million pounds of menhaden each year in Maine. So that's a pretty big increase from what it was just five years ago. And what was it five years ago? Is it zero? When, uh, in, when yeah. did we start getting Menhaden back? Because for a long time, we didn't have any land, Menhaden landings in our state. We didn't. And it looks like 2016 was really the, the change year. That's when we started to see um, harvestable quantities of Menhaden in Maine. And ever since then, the abundance just continues to increase. They're staying in Maine longer each year, and they keep going further east each year as well. So is that a climate change issue? Is that a management issue? What's driving, and, and as you said, like there have always been these fluctuations mm -hmm. in when menhaden show up, where and when, how. There, um, some fishermen have suggested there's like a 10-year cycle, but what are, what are scientists and managers saying about why we are seeing menhaden in such an abundance right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the million-dollar question, and I don't know if we know the answer to that. So, Obviously, now we're in a period of high abundance, but I think the question is, are Menhaden at some point going to leave Maine state waters and follow this more historic pattern, or are Menhaden here to stay because of ecological or climate-related changes? Certainly, we're seeing changes in where they seem to winter, so that may reflect that things are truly changing, but I don't think we know for sure yet, and so that's kind of one of our, our big questions still for management. And I apologize if I'm getting too weedy on the science side, but you, 
this stock covers a lot of area. Are we catching the same menhaden in Maine as are being caught off of Florida? I know the Chesapeake is a really important area for this fishery. Is it all coming in and out of the Chesapeake and then flowing in different directions? How does that kind of lope into when we think about where they go and, and where they're coming from? Yeah, so Menhaden are at this point considered all one stock. So the fish in Florida are from the same stock that are the fish we see in Maine. The good news is the assessment has been really positive to date. So we're seeing high abundance and that may contribute to how much we're seeing in Maine, but it's all one stock. So from a stock assessment perspective, it's not like we're managing Florida differently than we manage Maine. So let's transition into management mm -hmm. then. How are they managed? We've got all these states. We've got each one of these states has got their own process for developing regulations. We've got the Atlantic states as you were applying, you know, kind of outlining early on, like there is this cross management that needs to take place. And, and that's how we find the, the secret sauce of good management. What makes management of Menhaden both complicated and kind of interesting, I think. Yeah. So let's start with the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission. So that's where the fishery management plan for Menhaden is housed. And that's basically the, the rules of the road, I call it. That's where the regulations start. And at the commission, it's a really expansive stock. So we actually have representation from Maine through Florida on that management board, which makes it one of our largest management boards on the East Coast. And that can create good things as well as challenges. You have a lot of different voices and opinions in the room, but we're also collectively working together. So it makes for a very interesting management uh, dynamic for Manhattan. At the commission, there are three representatives who represent Maine, but then those three commissioners have one vote. So each state gets a vote. So Maine gets a vote, New Hampshire gets one vote, Virginia gets a vote. It doesn't matter how much you catch. And I think kind of the the crux of the Menhaden fishery management plan is our total allowable catch. So that's coastwide how much Menhaden can be taken out for commercial purposes. So how much can we catch from Maine through Florida coastwide? And something that's really unique about Menhaden is that's actually based on what we call ecosystem reference points. So we talked about how bluefish and striped bass and weakfish use use Menhaden as forage. And we consider that when we set our coastwide cap of how much can be caught. And that's something that's really unique for Menhaden. Not a lot of species have that, but a lot of people are starting to think about that in fisheries management. So that most important fish in the sea through line of this is an important fish for the consumption of other fish. So that's actually a part of the management process at this point. They, they take out a, a big chunk of the allowable catch and set it aside? Is that essentially the, the flow? Yeah, I think that's a, a right way to think about it. It's actually incorporated into our stock assessment. So our stock assessment considers the prey needs of other species, and then we use reference points to set what is that coastwide commercial. So it's, it's really unique. It's certainly a hallmark for the commission in terms of management and a pretty big accomplishment that we can use ecosystem reference points for Menhaden. So we've got the ecosystem component. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about the fishing component. Yep. Each one of these states is trying to allow their fishermen to go out and catch this, this species for bait or rather things you might use Menhaden for, like fish oil or animal food or whatnot. How does that take place? Yeah, so we take that coastwide cap and we actually divide it among the states. So each state gets a base quota of 0.5%. 
and then the rest is divided based on landings from 2009 to 2011. And unfortunately for Maine, we had pretty low landings in those years. So our quota is pretty low. It's 0.52%, which is about 2 million pounds. But Wait, it, and how many pounds did we catch? Yeah, we're landing north of 20. So how do we go from 2 to 20 is a great question. And there's a lot of different ways that DMR tries to provide quota to fishermen. So we work really hard to get quota transfers from different states throughout the year. We participate in something called an episodic events program. So that's a reserved amount of quota for the New England states uh, when Manhattan abundance is high, which it certainly has been in Maine the last few years. And then one of the ways we land Manhattan is through a small scale fishery, which a lot of fishermen may recognize as our 6,000 pound fishery. That's been a really important way for Maine to harvest Manhattan throughout the summer. To put a clear box around this. So we've got a percentage that each state is given based upon their catch history. And Maine has a bad catch history for the period of time picked. So we have a pretty low amount there. We can then ask other states to trade us or give us their quota that they are not planning on catching. We get some fish out of the episodic piece. And then this incidental or small scale fishery which seems to be outside of the current boxes of allocation. How does that feed into the stock assessment and the allowable catch? Yeah, there's lots of different kind of pools of quota or fishing opportunities that we draw from because our quota is so low for the state of Maine. And we've had such high Manhattan abundance. So things like quota transfers, we request those from states that maybe aren't looking like they're going to use all of their quota or historically haven't used all of their quota. The small-scale fishery is unique. You're right. It's not managed under a specific quota per se, but all of our landings do count towards the total coastwide cap. So there may not be accountability measures with that small-scale fishery, but those landings are still being tallied with everything together at the end of the year so we can see how much we caught compared to our coastwide cap. That really helps that we are still listening to the scientists and staying within the catch limits on the entire coast. I want to understand a little bit better. We have this very small piece of the pie for Maine. Mm -hmm. Where are the other pieces? Who's got the big pieces? Yeah, so I think that's something that's really interesting about Menhaden is the fisheries can look very different in different states. And that can be based on the gear types that are being used. Um, it can be based on the purpose of the Menhaden being caught. So in Maine, we're catching Menhaden for bait. But in Virginia, they actually have a reduction fishery, which is where they reduce Menhaden down for fish oil and fish meal. So that's a, a totally separate purpose or use for Menhaden. Um, and actually, Virginia has a, a pretty high amount of landings in the 2009 to 2011 time period. So they have a a pretty substantial quota. I believe it's over 78% of the quota. Wow. So yeah. that that is a, a lot of the pie going into the reduction uh, fishery there. I would imagine we are catching Menhaden in a very different way in Maine than they are down in Virginia. What does our fishery look like on the coast of Maine? Yeah, most of our catch is actually coming from Persane, but we have pound nets, we have gill nets, we have fish weirs. So we have a pretty varied set of gears that we use to catch Manhattan. But again, the, the fisheries look very different in some of the states. So in New York, it's almost all beach stains. In Maryland, it's, I think, primarily pound nets. 
In Florida, it's cast nets. And then in Virginia, they have both a bait and reduction component. And they're using two persanes together, basically to collect and catch those menhaden. And in the reduction fishery, they often use spotter planes as well. So it's a very different scale and operation than what we see in Maine. Let's dive into Maine, though. Mm -hmm. Maine gets a chunk of quota. How does Maine then manage that fishery closer to home? Yeah, so we always need and want to be in compliance with the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission management plan. So we use that basically as the framework for what we do in Maine. And at the commission, states can always be more conservative than what is outlined in the plan. And DMR really has been forced to be more conservative than what is in the plan because we have so little quota, we have a really high abundance of Menhaden and due to our level of participation. So we've had to implement much more restrictive measures than what's in the fishery management plan. And I think a good example of that are things like landing days. So we restrict which days of the week fishermen can land Menhaden. Um, and that's an example of a more restrictive or more conservative management tool. And you restrict the amount of Menhaden that can be caught on commercial trips. There's a restriction mm-hmm. on the amount that can be caught on the incidental trips, right? So there's a lot of those levers that you need to pull to try and keep this fishery within the compliance of, of Atlantic states. What's the process for developing those regulations? Is that a DMR? Is that our, our legislature? It's like, mm-hmm. How does that fit together in the regulatory process? Yeah. So in terms of things like trip limits or landing days, that happens at DMR, and that's through our regulatory process. So we go through a public hearing process where we post a draft proposed rulemaking. We often have public hearings. We accept written comments. We work with industry to kind of try and come up with a solution that works for the industry, but also is going to keep us within the bounds of a quota-managed fishery. And then at the legislature, the legislature focuses on things like permits. So there was recently discussion about limited access or limited entry permits for Manhattan. That's something that happens at the Maine legislature. Recently, the state of Maine shut down the Manhattan fishery, which was controversial to say the least from fishermen. I'm wondering if you can sedge some light in terms of why that shutdown took place and how the Department of Marine Resources kind of went through that process to figure out when the shutdown needed to take place and and kind of the, the pieces that went into what was obviously a hard decision for the department to make. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is definitely not something that we took lightly. We've never done this before. And I also want to acknowledge that it's a really hard time for fishermen. High fuel prices, low prices at the dock for lobster. We have a lot of external pressures on fisheries like right whales. So a hard time for folks. And I think really when we talk about the Manhattan fishery, the key is that it's a quota managed fishery. And to go back to last year, We actually put in more restrictive measures, particularly on our small-scale fishery. But in the end, when we tallied up all the landings, it was main small-scale fishery that actually caused that coastwide cap to be exceeded. And again, this is an ecosystem-based coastwide cap, so it's something we manage too, but we certainly don't want to be exceeding that. So this year, you know, we continued to see high abundance of Menhaden. We had high participation. So we started to go through these different pools of quota pretty quickly. And we ended up entering the small scale fishery early July. And 
because of the high levels of Menhaden we saw, we had a lot higher catch happening in July. And we compared actually the first 17 days of small scale catch in 2021 and 2022. And we were 170% higher than what we were last year. So we were catching a lot more Menhaden. We had used up our available quota. So we had used our state quota, our episodic quota, any transferred quota. We knew we had exceeded the tack last year and we were catching more this year. And then we're also going into an allocation discussion this fall. So kind of all of those things combined led DMR to that really difficult decision to close the Menhaden fishery. And I think it really highlights the need for a greater allocation conversation, which is going to happen this fall. Let's move on to that conversation because that's really interesting. So the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission uh, several years ago set the allocation process and gave us the 0.5% or whatnot. We're rehaving that conversation. Why is that conversation restarting at Atlantic States? Yeah, so we actually restarted this conversation a few years ago based on a request from Maine DMR to relook at our allocation. Right now, the commission has a document out that considers changes to the state-by-state allocation formulas. It considers changes to that episodic set-aside program, so how much we reserve for the New England states. And it also considers changes to the small-scale fishery program. And I think in particular on the state-by-state allocation side, there's an opportunity for Maine to significantly increase its quota if we consider more recent years in that allocation formula. So again, 2009 to 2011 wasn't great for Maine, but we've had really high landings in recent years. So if we can consider a more recent history, I think that would result in some changes in quota for Maine. But I also want to note that, you know, We're also considering changes to the small-scale fishery program, which is something that Maine's really relied on. And that could look like a lot of different things. It could be a change in the trip limit, so lower than 6,000 pounds. It could also look like a change in gear types. And one of the things that's being considered is if purse seines are truly a small-scale fishery. So a lot of different changes being considered, and it's a really important time at the commission, particularly at the Menhaden board. Maine is a piece of the Atlantic States process. There are also opportunities for the public to get involved and make their positions known. I guess from a bigger perspective though, if we're talking about redividing up this this pool of quota, currently we, we are able to work with partners to get quota from other states and there's the episodic. It, it, it seems like Virginia is like this, this big piece over over here that owns a lot of the, the allocation is, I would imagine, is also fairly influential in the conversation and in the process of, of the dividing up the quota. How is that going to play out over this process where we are asking for more coming to Maine while recognizing that we want these other states to also have quota that we might be able to tap into or that they need if in the future if things change for a place like New Hampshire or Massachusetts. How does someone in your position or the others on the commission from Maine, how do you weigh what you know, you're going to be pushing for, what the fishermen might be asking for, and the bigger political picture that exists at the Atlantic states? Yeah, so I think it's important to remember that each state only gets one vote. So Maine gets one vote, Virginia gets one vote, New Hampshire gets one vote. So in the end, each state has the same say in terms of what happens. And it, 
you know, can come down to some close votes at the Manhattan board. I think certainly one of the things that's really important is hearing from fishermen and stakeholders in Maine about what they want to see. So this is a really critical opportunity for folks in Maine to weigh in on what the future of the Manhattan fishery will look like. And DMR has scheduled two public hearings where people can come and provide some comment. There's one on the 13th and one on the 20th. And if speaking in public isn't your thing, you can also provide written comments. So it's really critical that folks in Maine read the document, understand what the options are, and then let us know what their preferred options are so that we can make informed decisions come November. And what we will be doing is we'll have a a blog post that goes along with this podcast that links to all those different resources so that people can see what it, where the documents are and have access to either the public hearings or making written comments. When is the actual decision going to be taking place? Yeah, the actual decision is the first week of November. Uh, so it's coming up and the public comment period ends September 30th. So there is some time in there to look at all the comments, summarize them. Again, it's a coastwide board, Maine through Florida. So we tend to get a lot of comments uh, from a lot of different stakeholders, but I think that's what makes Manhattan interesting. Yeah, no, this is one of the most interesting fisheries to try and understand and manage. And the importance doesn't vary. It's an incredibly important fish for the ecosystem, for our fisheries, but it's it's really interesting, especially to see how this is evolving over time with the allocation you know, change that will, will be coming in the, the near future. And hopefully Maine can get a bigger piece of that. It's not going to be enough, though, right? I don't think any of the equations is going to be putting Maine in a spot to be fully reliant on our own allocation. So what do you see for the next... 10 years of this fishery in Maine as all these fishermen are thinking about either making investments or finding other bait sources like what how do we need to be thinking about Menhaden as a piece of the the equation in Maine moving forward it's always difficult to predict the future of fisheries management but I think one of my goals or hopes is that we can better align our current management with what we're currently experiencing So again, we're managing on an allocation that's based on 2009 to 2011, and that was a time when Maine didn't really have a lot of Menhaden. And that's very different from the situation we're in now. So I'm hoping that we can better align kind of what we're seeing with how we're managing the fishery. And if we can find more secure and stable options for quota for Maine fishermen, I think that will really help us in terms of our management. As we move from, you know, the state fishery to episodic to small scale, it's a lot of pressure on the management system, but it's also a huge burden on fishermen to constantly have in-season regulation changes to keep up with what's going on, to know what days they can land and how much. So if we can be a little more secure in our quota, I'm hoping we can get out of that cycle where we're always having to change something in season. I would just really encourage people to voice your opinion on the addendum. Please provide public comment. And as always, if you have questions about what's in the document, don't hesitate to reach out. Perfect. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Maine Coast Dock Talk is a production of the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association, an industry-based nonprofit that identifies and fosters ways to restore the fisheries of the Gulf of Maine and sustain Maine's fishing communities for future generations. For more information about our work, to make a donation, or to listen to previous episodes of Doc Talk, you can visit our website, maincoastfisherman.org.